0: This is Canvas, a show all about iPad productivity. My name is Fraser Spears, and I'm joined as always by Federico Vittici. Tonight, we also have a special guest for the show who I will introduce in a little minute. But first of all, I just have to say that many of you will be expecting us to do a show on mind mapping this week to follow up on our show on outlining a couple of weeks ago. We're going to take a pause on that just now because we have an opportunity with our special guest to do a little bit of a special show. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about some of our hopes and dreams for iOS 11. WWDC is coming up in a couple of weeks time. Uh, We're very much looking forward to what that's going to bring for iPad users. So Federico, let me bring you in first. How are you doing tonight?
1: Hi, first of all. uh, And this is very exciting. Uh, of course, WWC is coming up and there's, uh, you know, the rumor that uh, the iPad is going to get some love. And, uh, you know, especially looking back at, you know, iOS 9 that brought such significant changes to the experience of iPad users. Uh, it's fun to consider where things could be going for the iPad and just with iOS in general. And I saw a few days ago on Twitter a discussion happening between you and a friend. And I thought, well, you know, uh, this could be a fun discussion on, on Canvas. And so we, you know, in, in a very rare occasion that, uh, you know, a tweet lead, uh, is leading to a good idea, hopefully, uh, we have Merlin Mann with us today. So Merlin, thank you. Welcome to the show. Hi, man. Thank you for having me. So the idea is we're going to talk about the future of iOS, the things that we would like to see, and sort of also the smaller details, because I know, Merlin, you're very much into the smaller features that need to be improved, all those little tidbits and, you know, those details that you don't quite like at the moment, So we're going to talk about those. Is that Okay.
2: Yeah, it's fantastic. It's it's so true of so many Apple things. You don't really get a feel for it until you've used it, and then you don't really, really get a feel for it until you've used it a lot. And once you use it a lot, you start noticing stuff. It's not all just, it's not complaints. It's really opportunities. Just so many opportunities right now to personalize this device uh, even further. So
1: I thought as a starting point, I would go first. We're going to go kind of round robin style. Maybe we're going to, each one of us is going to pick a feature or sort of discuss an aspect of iOS that we would like to see improved. And I thought the iOS 11 concept video and the wish list that I did uh, last week could be sort of a launchpad. Uh, and the first item that I would like to bring up is the split view app picker interface, uh, the way that you pick apps in multitasking on the iPad, which I think right now is kind of terrible. Uh, and maybe terrible doesn't even describe it. It's awful. Uh, it feels like, you know, when you, when you swipe over and when you then swipe down, uh, you see these three apps uh this vertical list of apps and there's no way to search those apps so if you want to have like a like another you want to put up another app in split view and it's not in the list there's no search bar so you cannot search for it there's no way to say well one password and safari are my favorite apps so i want to pin them at the top there's no way to do that so i would like i would like apple to completely overhaul this ui and have something like recent apps at the bottom uh and favorites uh sort of like a mini home screen. That's what I I imagined in, in the in the story and the video. Sort of like a mini home screen where you can rearrange apps and also a search bar, because sometimes you 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 know, you just remember an app's name or maybe you just want to bring up a document in Split View. And I think it would make sense to go from this list of apps that you need to scroll almost, you know for several minutes sometimes I, I swear i i once wasted like two minutes trying to search for one password and so i think there's a serious opportunity here to ma- just make it better and make it decent
0: yeah i think that, that's a huge kind of deal it's something that even when ios 9 was in beta that never even scaled up to the apps in ios itself that supported multitasking never mind uh, once third-party apps got into the game as well so i think there's there's a number of things that could be improved in there. And I suppose I have some additional things that go along with the kind of uh, two-up view that we have, you know, the split view. One of my ideas is just a button somewhere or a gesture that can flip the apps from left to right. Because I I don't know if you guys do a lot of handwriting on the iPad uh, with an app like Notability or something, but I always find that, you know, when I'm going between apps and going between apps, I always end up with my handwriting app on the left-hand side, and I'm not left-handed, so I always want it on the right. But then to do that, you have to sort of tear down the arrangement you've got and rearrange it a different way and choose the app again from the app picker. So the ability to do things like that, to, to flip the two apps side by side maybe have a three, a one-quarter, three-quarters view as well, so you've got more space on the right than on the left, which is something that's not supported at the moment either, and my favorite idea for this is pairs of apps that you can launch together side by side. So quite often you want Notability and Safari, or Keynote and Safari, or something like that. There's always little pairs of apps that work together. Mail and Calendar would be another one, the ability to create some some placeholder for a pair of apps that launch together into split view, I think that would a lot of those would be uh, really nice enhancements for that feature as well.
2: You are also uh, getting into something that is more of an, a general theme for me. To so most of my things that I am looking for, just come out of like, hmm, I wish that was just a little bit different. I wish that was just a little bit easier. And, and for me, like uh, as I wrote here in the notes, the big theme for me, I think, is just less jumping around, please. And I, I think in particular, one thing with what you're describing is I would like a smarter or more predictable or more configurable ability to see the stuff that I want to see or to see the stuff that I'm very likely to want to see. And so I feel like there are lots of opportunities for things like hiding behind a long press is to show me, uh, show me whether that's recent audio streams, whether that's recent apps, whether that's recent documents in that app. I feel like that's, you know, more of so much of what I want is like when I, when I am wherever I am, give me the maximum amount of functionality without needing to go somewhere else. So that, that can be about notifications. It can be about frustrations with how the media uh, streams. But in all cases, I would love to have more things. Like I just sometimes, I, particularly on my iPhone, I, I don't understand how it guesses what I want in Siri apps. I mean, sometimes it seems logical. Sometimes I walk by a Walgreens and the Walgreens app pops up or... I'm walking around the uh, public transit app pop up and you know i, I wanted to really guess well but I, I also I would love some con- configurability but also just maybe even more understanding about how it decided but then let let me get where I want to be without having
0: to click okay can I pick up another topic now yeah yeah sure i want to, I want to choose this is my current hobby horse which is uh, screen recording and mm. screen sharing on iOS devices um, I was doing some work last night in uh, Swift Playgrounds, which is Apple's computer programming tool for schools, which I teach with, and there's an API for this already in iOS called Replay Kit, where you can record the screen of your game or, or application, and you can also live stream over Periscope, which is what I was doing on Twitter last night, and my, my problem with this is that this is an API that every app individually has to opt into and implement, and wouldn't it be great if that was actually a system-wide feature, where... You could record your screen at any time, for any purpose, integrate the audio into that feed, all of that good stuff, and even maybe live stream it as well, um, which would be great for things like doing a presentation over Skype or something like that, but... The ability to do that without having to have every app implement it, because basically no apps implement it at the moment that I know of, apart from Swift Playgrounds and maybe a few games, but certainly no productivity apps have ever thought, well, maybe I should integrate the screen recording capability, because it's just work for for something that only a few people might want to do, whereas if that was an iOS level feature, then i'm sure some apps would have to opt out of it right so maybe netflix don't want you to be able to stream your screen across the internet of course but you know apple have built that kind of technology into mac os for a while where there are certain apps that you can't take a screenshot of for example like dvd player Um, and there's no obvious reason why that wouldn't be possible for developers to opt out of certain features if they needed to for you know uh copyright reasons or whatever but i think in general being able to do more of that kind of screen recording, screen sharing stuff on iOS would enable a lot of people to move over as well because it's something that people obviously do more and more for jobs as well. Uh, so that's my probably one of my number one wishes is just to have more screen recording and sharing capabilities.
1: Mm. Yeah, that would make my life so much easier every time I, every time I need to take videos of like I need to show stuff from from apps that I'm doing reviews and I need to steal my girlfriend's MacBook and you know use QuickTime uh, with a USB thing going on with my iPad and it's just awful and every time like every couple of months there's a developer that manages somehow to sneak in a screen recorder on the App Store and it gets shut down by Apple and, and it gets my hopes up and then I'm also sad just a couple of hours later because Apple notices so
0: yeah, this would be a, g- a big one, I agree yeah you you got to go on those apps really quickly whenever they go on sale. There was one called Video a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which was it was an app that would basically start up a a loopback airplay target onto the onto the iPad itself so what you would do is you would start video oh, wow. then you would go go into airplay and you would choose your own iPad from AirPlay and it would start recording in the background as you did other stuff and it actually worked surprisingly well I mean it actually worked really very well indeed um, but it got shut down within about 3 or 4 hours of going in sale which kind of, I feel like when things get shut down that quickly, I, I feel optimistic that that must be something Apple wants for themselves and I'm just like, well when is it going to come You know, because if, if they didn't want to do it then presumably they would let it through but guess not
2: it's funny because sometimes it feels a little bit like the way I feel about a fax machine or if somebody says to fax them something, which for me involves opening up an electronic file, printing it out, making it a physical thing, <clears throat> and then putting it into a fax machine so that it can get, turn, get turned into little bits and bytes over the phone line and then become a physical – It's it's so strange to me that fax – even still existed, and it feels a little bit like that when you watch a video where somebody is trying to show something happening on a screen. I don't think you should need two devices in order to record something happening electronically. And I, know, I, and maybe this is a feature that's just on the pros. I imagine that's pretty, uh, pretty intense. But there's already there's already such a weird landscape. Uh, one of mine on my list is the way that the picture in picture gets handled and implemented. <clears throat> where it's, I mean, there's some apps like I am loving the Hulu. Live TV app, but of, I guess perhaps understandably, it doesn't have picture-in-picture. Picture. Whereas I could be watching a C-SPAN video of a speech in in, in the browser, and then throw that out to P P and P. YouTube will not let me do that. You know, Hulu, the Hulu, uh, the YouTube website. I, of course, I don't have the app on my phone. I'm not an animal. But uh, you know, that's that's the kind of thing where like you know, it's we're still so cleft to this old artifact idea that this is a machine for making, you know, uh, physical things. And in this case, if it's a purely electronic enterprise, shouldn't there be some way to capture it?
0: You would certainly hope so, wouldn't you? Fingers crossed. We're going to end every section with this. We're going to say, fingers crossed, please (laughs) (laughs) get this coming. Marilyn, do you want to throw out another idea?
2: I do. Um, (laughs) this, This is, I think, kind of where our conversation started. This seems so silly and so petty, but I think it's potentially very powerful. Um, <clears throat> notifications have become kind of a big deal. I mean, b- partly because of, you know, what's capable on these devices, but also for what you need notifications for. So in my case, if there's something coming out for a delivery, a food delivery, a package delivery or a something, it's very important to me that I get updates about that. But at the same time, I don't want postmates to remind me that mother's day is coming or that open table says, you know, do you want to book a table or the flowers app says do you want to buy flowers. It's my understanding that marketing I, I, you guys can correct me on this. It's my understanding that marketing notifications are verboten by the letter of the of the store. That's
1: right. In theory, that's right. Yeah.
2: But in practice, I mean, that wonderful app, Pigment, that we probably all used for coloring on, I finally turned it off because it, it's constantly reminding me that there's some kind of a new thing. So I, I'm not here just to whine about that, but I want to say in general, I would like to see notifications be more, con- slightly more configurable. But most importantly... I would like them to – I like that there's already functionality associated with sliding and stuff like that. I would like them to think about how they could take that even further. So, I mean, personally, I'm not against the idea of marketing messages existing. I just would like uh, apps to do something – this is just my opinion – do more like what the app DoorDash does. So, DoorDash has whatever they're called on iOS, radio buttons for saying, you know, do you want to receive – uh, iOS push notifications about your current order. And yes, I do. Do you want to receive push notifications with marketing messages, which I do not? Or do, do you want these to go, come via SMS? Now, I mean, I think that's, first of all, good for DoorDash for doing that. I would like to see more places do that because there are times when you want to receive marketing messages. How's a marketing message that different from a news update, really? If it's something you care about, you want to know about it. If something you want on eBay drops in price, I, I assume that's a use of that. So yeah, I like to see. I I, I am not against the whole idea of marketing uh, via notifications. It makes a ton of sense. Companies probably want it. I just would like control over over whether I get them or not. And obviously, a default to don't receive would be a nice direction for that.
1: Yeah, that's that's a great idea. Yeah, I think
2: you should also. I mean, until this is a more fixed problem, I think you should be able to report abuse. Right, assuming it does anything, if the button's even connected to anything, it's sort of like hitting "see this see less often" on Twitter. I don't think that's connected to anything, but um, but I would like to be able, just for my own satisfaction, I would like to a be able to report abuse from by sliding on the notification, and I would like I I would I think it would be nice to have some way to slide to change that notifications settings by taking you deep into into the settings app to where you need to go to make that change. And this is, again, part of this bigger pattern. There are ways to do some of these things already, but they involve leaving where you are. A big modal change in some cases. I want to see fewer modal changes that aren't necessary. To me, a modal change in an ideal world should be it makes so much more sense for you to do this task over inside the application here. But if it's just causing a state to change... Uh, I would love a way to dive into that. And so really then just in general, just seeing what, what more we could do with uh, almost kind of the way that I think about the way that Spark lets you customize your slide gestures uh, inside the email app. I'd love to see, I, I can't even imagine what the UI would look like, but I think there's still so much you can do when your screen is locked, just by looking at your notifications and your dashboard, there's so much you can do. And I, I would applaud anything that brings more functionality. Um in
0: that area, yeah, yeah. I think there, there are some good examples of that. I think the one that I use all the time is uh, 3D touch on a mail notification to just archive it right from the lock screen. You know, doing things like that. But I think to sort of extend your idea, Merlin, a little bit, there's a lot of notifications you get where you want something to begin as a result of the notification, but having more of an ability to make that happen without having to just go into the app. Maybe it will automatically switch to the panel where you would do this thing, but then it has to happen. So, for example, you know when you get into your car and it says, you know, here's your next destination, uh, you press and it goes into the Maps application and okay, it looks up, but it doesn't just start the navigation right there. Wouldn't it be great if it could just start the navigation and you don't even have to unlock your phone, you don't have to go into... Um, you don't have to go into the app and then you have to press three buttons to make it actually do the thing you want to do, that it, you can just go straight into the activity you want to do right on the lock screen. I think there's, there's a lot more power possible on the lock screen than we're really allowed to have at the moment. And I think one of the things that probably goes along with that is the locked versus unlocked state of the phone. And you can see iOS 10 started to make a change with that where you could have the phone locked but not open. Mm-hmm. You can have the lock screen unlocked mm-hmm. just by doing a... Uh, a hold of the the touch id sensor and just if i can just jump quickly in with one of my ideas which was the idea of using apple watch proximity to keep your phone unlocked as opposed to you know you can unlock your phone and unlock your apple watch if you could use obviously a very tight level of security but if you could have it so that your if your phone was within one arm's length of your Apple Watch, then your phone was always unlocked. I think there's a possibility to get a really much smoother lock screen experience because the lock screen is not actually locked unless it goes outside the range of your phone uh, or of your watch. Sorry, I think there's there's something very interesting that could be done with that. Whether there's actually enough hardware in a phone and a watch alone to do that, I'm not sure. But you know, we've already got Apple Watches unlocking Macs, so there's clearly yeah. some that can be done there
1: yeah you know i like merlin's approach uh like the big theme of um, less jumping around and maybe use gestures like long press for example i think there's a lot of potential there for notifications and you know i gotta say android maybe is getting some of this stuff right uh and especially with android oh the the next version launching this year uh they have this new feature which it's kind of what you were saying, Merlin, of like different types of notifications. I think it's going to be called on Android um, notification channels. So like developers can say we have this type of notifications which are like uh, very important stuff and then we have news and we have like social updates and so you have like these different streams of notifications going to the user and the user can say well you know the social stuff I don't care about so when it comes in just don't show any banner don't make any sound and don't bother me Uh, but if it's you know something important like breaking news or your mother is texting you uh, well then I want to see those and maybe even override the do not disturb setting and I just feel like, especially coming from Apple, they have an Apple Watch, so they have this tiny device that it's sort of perfect for notifications, and it's kind of strange to not have that kind of uh, deeper notification control from Apple, because it just makes more sense on the iPhone going to the watch to have this sort of deeper and more powerful notification settings. So, yeah, totally agree.
2: <laughs> There's something um, John Siracusa said on a recent episode, uh, most recent as we record this episode of... Um Accidental tech podcast where he was talking about using photos on uh, on Mac OS and like how slow it is and how painful it is mm-hmm. and, he's, and this ended up being the title of the show. He said it would be like trying it's like trying to eat dinner and every time you want to take a bite, you have to throw your old fork away <laughs> and go get another fork and it was it was such a part, very funny classic Syracusa, but that's what a lot of this stuff is I mean I could imagine I could envision I know this is not possible now, but there's all kinds of things where you want sort of simple dependencies. Like, if I'm making, there's a certain chicken recipe that I do, which is a great chicken recipe, which is you brown it for one minute, you cook it at medium for uh, 20 or for 10 minutes, and then you leave it in the pan, you don't lift it for 10 minutes. That would be kind of <laughs> neat to have those be, <laughs> that it's called 21 recipe. minute chicken. <laughs> it's, and it's perfect, it's perfect chicken breasts every time. Um, that's, that's a life hack. But in that case, I would love a way to loop those as dependencies and say, like, after one minute, okay, flip the chicken. And then now, do you want to continue? Yes. Like, I don't need to go get another fork. Just continue with this workflow, if you like. And then in another 10 minutes, and you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the kind of thing where if there's a you know greater than 80% chance that there's always this one thing that should happen after this, why would I need to go to an, uh, into an app and interact or create new content to do the next logical thing? Like, just
0: let me do that from the screen. Let's talk Apple Pencil. Um, as a teacher, I find myself kind of frustrated by not being able to get as much use out of Apple Pencil as I kind of thought I would. Now, some of my colleagues do get a lot of use out of their Apple Pencil, particularly in subjects like maths, for example, where you're doing a lot of handwritten equation work and stuff on the screen. Um, But for me, what one of my jobs is to do is to kind of teach kids how to use other apps. So what I would be looking for is is really more opportunities to use the pencil more often. Uh, And a couple of ways that that could work. The main one is what I would like to be able to do is to sort of uh, be able to pull down some kind of shade over the screen that I could then draw over the top of what's visible on the screen just as a kind of, almost like a kind of training mode or a, like you're pulling an acetate sheet over the screen and then you can write on it and then get rid of it again um, where the screen would not respond to your touches but would respond to your pencil over the top um, and that could maybe be captured, saved, recorded, whatever. It's almost um, like drawing on
2: transparency. That, that's a exactly, really cool idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, because quite often I want to be able to, you know, if my iPad is projected on the screen, I want to highlight this button up here or I want to underline this area or box an area or something like that. And the only way I can do that at the moment is by taking a screenshot and then I have a workflow that just takes the latest screenshot and puts it into notability and then I can draw on it there. But that's, again, that's too much, ju- like you said, Merlin, too much jumping about. You know, I got to I take the screenshot, pull down uh, the widget view, run this workflow, it goes into workflow, it does a wee bit of things, it jumps into Notability and it's just like in, out, in, out, in, out all the time. Uh, So I think that would be a cool idea for anybody who's in a training situation of any kind. And then the other problem I have with Apple Pencil is that the quality of support for the Pencil is so variable between apps. Uh, Some are great, right? Notability is great. Procreate is very good. Apple Notes is very good. iTunes U is atrocious, right? It's just the most appalling, Garbage Mm. support is the worst app that supports the pencil it comes uh, from the company that makes the pencil. Because of
1: the name, there's iTunes in the name, so it must be terrible.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The curse (laughs) curse of iTunes is upon it, yeah. Well, I mean, while we're complaining, right, iTunes U still doesn't support Split View. There you go. (laughs) Uh, See? Wow. Know what my life is like now. Um, So, you know, even if Apple had like a basic inking engine... That every developer who wanted some drawing stuff could use that yeah, and it would yeah. at least be a baseline level of goodness and then okay if you want to do a custom engine on top fine but you know something that everybody could use that was just at least this good or better and and it would obviously be quite good to start with so uh, that's my kind of apple pencil feelings don't know how you guys feel about apple pencil i mean i i
1: use it uh and, I, and i'm I mean, besides the, like Merlin said, the the pigment app for uh, coloring, um, I've sort of rediscovered the, if you will, the pleasure of just handwriting stuff, like random bits of thoughts, uh, instead of using a keyboard, because I, I feel like it relaxes me. Uh, so wh- whether it's, you know, taking notes or just uh, sm- like sm- brief thoughts about video games and stuff, I just like to relax with notability. I even had my... My girlfriend, she's a saint. uh she made a custom paper background with uh for me with the kind of uh <laughs> lines that I like. Um, so yeah, I mean, I use the apple pencil. I just feel like it could be so much more uh instead of being just a finger replacement. you know most taps they see you're using a finger, okay, use the pencil while well, it's the same. And I feel like there should be like more special modes. On iOS, when the pencil is detected, um, and it's kind of like what Samsung is doing with the with the S Pen, whatever it's called, uh, when it's detected on the screen, you unlock this special features and like these little shortcuts and it can save you a lot of time. You know, stuff like taking screenshots and taking notes. And I just feel like most of the apps, they just go, well, you know, whatever. It's a pencil. You're not using your finger, but it, we're going to show you the same UI and we're going to have the same functionality. Whereas I think it will be kind of neat to have more, you know, customized uh, options. Marilyn, you a pencil guy?
2: I I feel like I am approximately at the first generation palm pilot level of sophistication with the pencil. Cause I love it and I see its potential and I, it's, it's, <laughs> it's one of those things like Marco Arment having added three X speed to overcast. Like, Oh my God, I would never in a million years do that, but I know there are people mm-hmm. who will. Mm-hmm. So I have not yeah. t- totally come around. I use it for, what do I use it for? I've, I've got several of them. I keep losing them. <laughs> so I, um, I will do, I'll do some coloring sometimes. I haven't used it much lately when, I think you guys in your note taking app introduced me to Notability, is that what it's called? And I just couldn't believe that that would even work anywhere near, I mean, bless you guys, I thought there's no way this actually does what it says it does, it's it's remarkable. It's a remarkable app and hearing how you and I think CGP Grey use that is just fascinating to me. I think I'm very interested in the future of what this device means beyond drawing and handwriting. I guess. And and I don't know enough to even speak intelligently about like what, for example, like um, OmniGraffle does with this, but I feel like there's so much you could do with this and a, a canny combination of fingers and pencil where I could see gestures becoming very powerful. I think, I think the future of handwriting on an electronic devices is, is that doesn't feel like a 50 years from now kind of innovation. I, I, I don't think, I think voice will probably become more important and handwriting probably less but the idea of this device that does this, I, can, I feel like I get an itch that there's so many ways that this could be used that aren't just for handwriting and drawing, and I will continue to watch and be fascinated by where that goes.
1: Yeah, my next idea is probably gonna sound um, silly to most people who come to this show for productivity tips <laughs> or life hacks, whatever. Um, I basically just want a better way to deal with stickers in iMessage. Um <laughs> yeah, I, I've bought.
2: Yeah, because once you use them,
1: you're using them a
2: lot, yeah. and you're using lots of different ones. Yes. and there's a lot of clicky, clicky, mm-hmm. dragging.
1: Yeah, and it's been a, like it's been a real problem. I've bought way too many uh, this past year, and you know I constantly use the excuse that it's for work because I'm doing quote unquote research. It's not really research. I just want to have you know beagles and cute puppies in iMessage. message. But in any case, the um the the interface to switch between the stickers and the iMessage apps it it's I don't know it's terrible like it takes so many swipes and taps and drags to sort of find the sticker that you want and everything is f- just feels so clunky and I don't know whether Apple couldn't believe that there were gonna be people like me uh, who buy like a hundred sticker packs and have them all in iMessage but if if you have over twenty sticker packs it just becomes impossible to manage those and there's also some questionable choices in terms of in iMessage uh, there's this uh, icon for digital touch and it's right there next to the compose box and i don't get it because i i mean (laughs) i've never received a single serious uh, digital touch message that was done on purpose it's only done sarcastically uh, at a least from Mike and Steven that it's, tot-
2: <laughs> it's totally true nobody does that no. my wife accidentally FaceTimed me the other day I hear her in meetings like all these buttons that are given this priority position are things that like <laughs> I would actually put on the list of let me remove this yes. from my phone yes. <laughs> I never want to do this like, on purpose I definitely never want to do this accidentally
1: <laughs> sometimes my mother sends me uh, colored lines of text with digital touch <laughs> <laughs> I assume it's because she taps accidentally and she just tries to close the uh, the little thing by swiping it away, and instead of closing it, she sends me these lines of <laughs> like colors. You end up rolling around on the <laughs> ground with a honeypot on your head. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing, mom? Have you opened the digital touch again? <laughs> oh no, oh no. <laughs> and so I don't get it why it's there. Like I, I would seriously doubt that over five percent of uh, global iMessage users. Are using digital touch on, on.
2: It would be like putting a button there for ping, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it would just be. But you, this is another pattern, though, to watch. And this, again, I, I feel uh, Syracuse's pain on photos. Uh, there's so many apps. Uh, I guess this is a pretty common classic Apple thing. Apple, you know, especially for their consumer software, which I guess is all their software nowadays, hi But, you know, with so much of their software, it's really optimized for first-run experience and for light usage. And so, you know, if you don't use this very much, it probably works fine. But when you get into iTunes, when you get into photos, when you get into uh, iCloud document management, and you think about somebody like a David Sparks, somebody who's like managing their whole life and the way you guys want, uh, Federica, you in particular are talking about how you want notes to change and kind of work better at scale. There are all these things where it sounds petty because we're – maybe even edge cases, somebody who actually likes your product so much that they've bought all of these sticker packs, but now they've bought so many sticker packs. It's actually, you're like Ted Cruz with this cabinet full of Campbell's soup. (laughs) Like it's, it's very difficult to get around and accomplish anything because there's so much clicky draggy. I don't know what the answer is, but I, back to my original point, I'd like to see more effort to, to guess or figure or let me configure the stuff that I know I'm going to want a lot. Like keep the Pusheen stickers near the top, keep the star Wars stickers near, make it easy to get to this bitmoji. However that ends up working. This is why they get the big bucks. Like make it so that I, I don't have to remember where this thing is. It will just come up at the times that I need it. And then, as I'll get to in uh, in the fullness of time, more ways to manage large amounts of stuff at scale. For me, that includes apps, <laughs> but really for anything, give me give me ways to deal with this that isn't going to require hundred and fifty series of uh, a drag and a click.
0: Yeah, I think that's a very kind of general criticism of iOS at this time and it, its evolution is that there are people like you know Federico and I and others who are who are really loading it up with a heavy, heavy amount of stuff and it starts to creak at certain points. I mean, the one that I live with it every day is that I have like 35,000 photos in iCloud Photo Library and every time I bring up the picker in any application, it's like a five second wait for it just to load up. You know and and that's with the apple implementation of the picker and then there are some crazy apps that decide to re-implement their own version of the picker and that's like a two minute wait because nobody has thought about it at that kind of scale uh, and i think i don't know if there's like a job to be done where like more developers use the ipad for more stuff and hopefully maybe we can get more developers over that line because i feel like You're right that people are using this on like small collections of data, small collections of photographs, small numbers of stickers, but when you actually take it to its logical conclusion of how much stuff you can build up over three or four years of using an iOS device as your main and or only computer, or at least the iOS ecosystem as your only ecosystem of devices, then you can really start to, you know, bog down the system with some things that are just not fast enough right now. And that kind of leads me into, if I can just go into another thing that I wanted to mention along that line, which is kind of inspired by that problem with iCloud Photo Library, which is that I think Apple could do a lot more with App Review right now. And you you might get a feeling that some of this might be coming with the kind of warnings that we already have in iOS 10 for 32-bit apps that are going to eventually get cut off. But there's there's a whole range of modern iOS development practices that Apple does not require anybody to follow. um, And as a result, many people are just not following it. And there's four things that I think are um, really important. One of them is multitasking, as I've mentioned before, in the context of iTunes U, which does not support it. But more and more, I I keep seeing, well, maybe not more and more, but I persistently see apps that do not support like the iPhone Plus screen size. Oh, yeah. company came to school the other day (laughs) and pitched me on a whole very expensive cloud-based video solution uh, and their iPad app didn't support the big iPad Pro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was like, why are you in my school? You know, yeah. you, I, I used yeah.
2: an app last night that between the forehead and the chin, the 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 chrome of the app, but b- when it upscaled onto my iPad Pro, the I have the small iPad Pro, when it ups, it did whatever magic. I guess it has to do with the aspect ratio. But by the time I was there, there was like hardly any content. It was all forehead and chin because it was anticipating a different device, and that just seems that seems so oh, no. strange.
1: <laughs> that that sounds terrible. <laughs> my, it's awful. It's <laughs>
2: like it's like it's like a nothing. Sandwich. <laughs>
1: <laughs> my my bank called me the a few days ago, and it was a it was a survey on the phone. Uh, very very nice guy he was asking me a bunch of questions, and then he gets to the point uh, about the the mobile app, and it's like, so uh, how would you want our mobile app to be better? And boy, did I launch in a, in a series of comments. 40 minutes About. and bring a sandwich. Like, <laughs> you don't get it. I was like, you don't get it. Your iPhone resolution uh, is it, not available on the, on the iPhone 7 Plus. It's all blurry. And the guy was like, so do you want to have like a redesigned iPhone app? And I was like, no, I'm not talking about a redesign. I just want the, the resolution to be the latest one, you know, for the big phone. And so, it was a it was a kind of fun argument uh but, but yeah when 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 apps do not conform to the to the size classes for example or their latest resolutions or when the icons are are terrible on the home screen i know that it sounds so petty and so nitpicky and i mean i i profusely apologize to the guy on the phone i was like it's not about you i get it but you're asking me for my honest feedback well this is my honest feedback um it it sort of drives me crazy yeah
0: yeah, and the the last one in that line is also is, is working correctly with iCloud Photo Library, which it seems remarkable. There are still so many apps, hi iTunes U, which who don't even work properly with iCloud Photo Library as well. So whenever I try to put a photograph into one of my courses in iTunes U, I've got this arbitrary collection of like 200 photographs out of my 35,000 that I could possibly have, which just happen to be the ones that are cached on the device right now. And it doesn't work properly with cloud-based libraries. So I think there's like a tightening of app review that could happen. um, And I think maybe now would be a good time to do that where if you want to update your app, you've got to be 64-bit, yes, but you've got to support the big iPad Pro and the Plus Phone and you've got to reasonably work with multitasking, maybe with an exception for games. You've got to work correctly with iCloud Photo Library. You know, I think maybe the way to do this is to deprecate some of those older APIs that let you do things in a time before iCloud Photo Library and make people adopt Photokit, for example, uh, to work correctly with the, all my albums and all my folders and all my stuff that I've got in iCloud Photo Library. But to me, that's an app review problem. And maybe it's an API deprecation problem as well. As, as much as it is in actual features. I don't think there's missing features. It's just that people aren't adopting them, uh, you know, in a reasonable amount of time because all of that stuff that I've mentioned, that's two to three generations old now. It's not, it's not like stuff that's coming out in iOS 11. It's stuff that was out years ago that some people just haven't adopted properly.
1: Merlin, uh, Fraser, uh, why don't we take a break here and then I want to ask Merlin about his ideas for app management and deleting apps from a bunch of different places.
2: Oh, and I definitely want to talk (laughs) about audio. I moved audio up. You guys, there are so many things I'm adding to my list as you're talking. (laughs) I hope we do a roundup at the end of all of our tiny, annoying nitpicks that we can just do in a lightning round. Yeah, that sounds great. You want to tell me about
0: something you like? I would like to. It seems this show is actually getting longer as we record it, so we better take a break (laughs) and talk about SaneBox, because this episode of Canvas is brought to you by SaneBox, because email can be a crushing thing as... MD who knows Marilyn's work will know he has some ideas on that, we all do. (laughs) We imagine that every person listening to this show has got something they don't like about email or the features of the app that they use. SaneBox is here to bridge those gaps and solve those problems. One of the things you can do with email is just delete everything. All of our email goes to the same place and it all looks the same. So wouldn't it be nice to just clear it out, but you can't. So there's some important stuff in there that you need to deal with, but it just looks the same as everything else. Sanebox can sort it out so that only the email that lands in your inbox is stuff you actually need to see. Sanebox sorts through your email and moves all the trivial stuff into a different folder, so that the only messages in your inbox are the ones you actually want to see. And the great thing is, it works on top of your current mail setup with any app that you want to use. All the magic happens before you ever see your email. And aside from moving all the junk, you can focus, and so you can focus on messages that matter. There's a great feature called the black hole you just move an email into that folder and you never hear from the sender again, just like magic. You can set up reminders so you'll be reminded of a message to follow up on, snooze email so you can deal with it later, all of these good things. Now Federico, you're a SaneBox user, am I right?
1: Yes, and I have been keeping SaneBox enabled on my work account, which is the primary one for, what is it now, seven, eight months, and it's working out great because uh, I mean, I've mean, i been switching um, between multiple email clients, uh, again, sometimes it's for research. Other times it's because I there's some kind of twisted and fun in trying different email apps. Anyway, Samebox is awesome uh, because uh, no matter how I waste my time uh, changing email clients, Samebox is always there, always works. It's um, you know it, it's a server side feature. It's not like uh, those apps that have like custom snooze or uh, these reminder features, for example, that once you stop using the app, uh, you're losing your snooze messages, for example, or you're losing your reminders attached to those messages. Same box is always there in the cloud on their service. So even if you switch apps, you're going to get the the emails back in the inbox, for example. And so I think that's a great way for someone like me who's, who's trying multiple email clients and maybe I'm on my phone or on my iPad and the messages always come back. And the, the black hole um, is just horrific because, you know, a lot of people, and especially, I guess, a lot of marketing people, they like to sign me up for newsletters that I never wanted to have in the first mm. place. And so I just move those messages into the black hole and I don't <laughs> hear from them ever again. So, yeah, great service.
0: Good stuff. Good stuff. So if you're like a little more email organization in your life, we've got a great deal on sandbox for you. Go to SaneBox.com Canvas today and you'll get an extra $20 credit on top of their two-week free trial. You don't have to enter your credit card information unless you decide to buy, so there's nothing to lose. Check it out today and get your email finally under control. That's SaneBox, S-A-N-E-B-O-X dot slash Canvas.
1: Merlin, tell me about managing apps on a, <laughs> <laughs> on iOS. What is wrong? Well, oh, this...
2: This requires me to out myself and shame myself uh, in a way that I'm not happy with. But <laughs> I, I'm an app guy. I've got. Let me look at my iPad. I know I've got over 400 apps oh, on oh, you know. my phone. And on another program that I do uh, called Do By Friday, we had a challenge one week just because my friend Alex wanted to razz me. I think where we had to organize our home screen and then show people, and oh, uh, so embarrassing. <sighs> let me go to about. And so did you
1: actually oh, yeah. show okay. your home screen to other people? Not to people. Oh uh, my god, I'm not crazy. Oh, okay. I was I was about to ask because you should No, believe me. People people have asked. Yeah.
2: So I've got over 400 on the iPhone. I've got 460 on my iPad. And you know what? I don't want most of them there. Oh. Increasingly, I don't use that mini app. Okay. Them. Okay. And I've gone through times when um, just in a very here so the general the general pattern is that dealing, I mean, I love that apps update overnight. I think that's really great. I would like to see a lot more power, flexibility, and convenience in deciding when you want to delete an app. This sounds really trivial. If If you're the Republican candidate in the United States and you have one app on your phone, then you don't need to worry about that. If you're me and you're covered with shame and you can't even fit all of the apps onto the screens where you have to go and do spotlight to find them, but I don't want them there. Some of them are old. Some of them are dead. Some of them are duplicative. And the truth is, even if you have a Mac, which I do, I can hook it up to the Mac. I could go into iTunes. And boy, how fun is that to go and delete apps that way? It's awful. But there's not a lot of ways. On the one hand, there's not a way to sweep through and get rid of a bunch of stuff. There's no smart folder that says, show me every app that I haven't opened since 2008. I would <laughs> I would love that functionality. If I haven't opened that app since 2008 or whatever, like that just makes sense. If it's an app, it's a 32-bit app that's not going to run right, why why would I even need to delete that? Why wouldn't you just... so? So really, it's a case of now when an app like an app uh, updates, for example, I frequently I would love a way, just even in the update page, to say actually delete this app. Are you sure? Yes. I would like more affordances for deleting apps from different places. I can go into more detail, but that's the general idea.
0: Yeah, there there are some things that happen already in recent versions. I can't remember which version it was, but if you want to do an iOS update and you're running short of space, the the device can actually kind of eject some apps from your storage and then re-download them again. So I wonder if there's maybe something in the future where, you know, I mean, there's so much could be done just with, like, looking at things that haven't recently been used on your device, whether that be photos. I mean, like, photo library will get rid of stuff you haven't looked at recently. Um, maybe right. apps could be uninstalled automatically, but they sort of still appear, but they're not actually installed. And th- maybe there's work that could be done there as well.
2: Think about how, I mean, if you think, boy, nothing's more shameful. Well, not nothing, but few things are more shameful than when Netflix says, are you still watching this? You're like, yeah, I'm still watching this. I'm binge watching. Don't shame, don't Netflix shame me. Or for example, your bank says, hey, you're about to be logged out because of lack mm-hmm. of activity. Do you want to continue with this session? I, I would be totally okay with a, let's even say once a month affordance for saying, hi. Here's a bunch of apps that you haven't used, opened. These are apps that haven't updated. However they want to do it, show me all the applications that I haven't done anything with in an amount of time. And you know what? I'll, I'll go there. Like, yeah, let me let me bespoke, decide whether they should be removed one at a time, or just let me click a button to delete all of those. I can always get them again, but I, I would like more more ways for it to realize what I'm not just what I want to do, but what I don't want to be doing. And uh, I, I think just affordances out the butt for that it would be so great for me.
1: And this kind of goes well with my little idea that is never gonna happen, but I feel like I should bring it up uh so on the Mac, there's ways for apps to see which software you're using the most. Uh, so there's apps like Rescue Time, for example, that they monitor the way that you use your computer. So they say, well, you spend two hours on Twitter and one hour on Slack and only 30 minutes doing actual work in, you know, Ulysses, for example. Um there's ways for apps on the Mac to sort of take a look at what you're doing, not in the sense of they're spying on you and they're reading your messages, they just can see which apps you're launching, you know, the icons that you click. And I would kind of love to have that kind of API, that kind of access on iOS. Uh, Not just because uh, I I think it can be a cool statistics to see, but also from a, you know, I, uh, you know, uh, I, I'm living the indie life, if you will, as a, uh, you know, I'm a a business owner and, um, you know, I need to optimize my time and I need to make sure that I'm not wasting my time. And it happens way too often on Twitter or, you know, reading BuzzFeed, for example. And so I, I would like to have apps like Rescue Time on iOS and sort of like a usage monitoring API for developers to say, uh, we can see the apps that you launch, but we cannot see anything else. And I would be okay with that, um, and that could go well with your idea, Merlinov. Let me see the apps that I don't use, that that I haven't been using for years, uh, because maybe that means that I can get rid of those. And now I believe that Apple, you know, this is this is not the kind of feature that maybe they like of, you know, others being able to see what you do, even to the extent of let me see the icon that you tap on the home screen. Uh, so th- it's probably never going to happen. I know that it's possible on Android, yeah. but I'm not going to switch to Android. Uh, so uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just a random wish uh, that I ye- yelling into the void. It's going nowhere, but you know.
0: <laughs> I think I think the only way that ever happens is if Apple make the app that reports the stats because I, I, I really can't see there ever being a way in which a third party is going to get to see what the iOS user base is doing on a regular basis and then start publishing news stories about it. Uh, no way is that going to happen. But if Apple were to make a, a productivity app where it showed you stuff like that, or maybe even it just it, it became another panel in the usage yeah. settings yeah. where you mm-hmm. could see... Because you already see that in battery. Yeah. And you, know, you sort of yeah. have which, device, which apps use the most battery. And you can sort of see time on screen, time in the background as well. You know, maybe it's just settings gets enhanced a little bit to have a bit more of that stats. Um, But on that kind of theme, I just want to throw out another idea that kind of comes out of to do with apps and usage around about the kind of work that I do with iOS devices being used in a school setting and with children and families is the idea of, um, like, category-based parental controls so that you could have, for example... um, you know, you can play one hour of games a day or you can have two hours of internet time a day and and the child Mm -hmm. gets to budget it for themselves. Now, Kindle Fire actually has all of these features because Amazon, as much as we love Amazon, one of the things they're really good at doing is pandering to middle class prejudices about technology. And they (laughs) they say it's not technology time, it's reading time, right? Um, Which is one of their advertising lines with the Kindle Fire because reading is good and technology is bad, obviously, says a technology company. Um, But the ability to do something like that right so you can have you know an hour on youtube a day or you can have an hour on safari a day or you can have unlimited time on iBooks which is of course the way that middle class parents want it to be um because everybody wants to read uh despite the fact that everybody's learning from youtube all the time these days uh but never mind about my biases around about learning um but apple already has a lot of that information right every every app that you download is already tagged with a category, or the category from the App Store that it came from. So games, obviously, in the games category; education things are in the education category, and so on. And if you could, if parent, parental controls could have a little bit more of that, where you can give a time budget as well as just an allow or deny, that I think that would be that would answer a question that a lot of parents ask. I mean, I, I'm being facetious about it, but true, honestly, and truly, it is a question that people ask me all the time. Is How can I stop them playing so many games on the iPad? Um, And just to give some of those controls, I think would be a very powerful uh, and persuasive thing for parents to, to see Apple being a bit more proactive about.
1: And something I forgot to mention uh, about the usage and the, uh, you know, the apps that you use the most, there's this, uh, this iPhone app, it's called Moment. And, um, it uses the, the battery information reported by Apple in the uh, iPhone settings. And it does something crazy to, uh, check, to basically check on the apps that you use the most and to tell you how many minutes you spent in each individual app. So every day at midnight, a Moment sends me a notification that says, tap on this notification and take a screenshot of the battery screen. So the app basically you go into the, you tap the notification and you go straight into the battery settings and you scroll the list, you make sure that all the apps are visible. You can actually take multiple screenshots of the list if it's a long list. Um, and then you just close the the settings app and the moment in the background watches the photos library for those screenshots and somehow there's this kind of magic that it knows when when it's a screenshot from that UI. And I believe it uses OCR to <laughs> extract the names of the apps wow. and it also extracts the the amount of hours that you use each individual app. So now I've been testing this for like two weeks and it works. And I have this list of like Tweetbot three hours a day or, you know, Ulysses two hours a day. And it does this with OCR. And the, the extent that this developer, it's a, it's a indie guy, uh, has gone to make sure that this works is kind of incredible, really. Uh, and I didn't believe that it would work, but it actually does.
0: That's crazy. Yeah.
2: That's unbelievable. I can't believe that exists. Yes. And, and it is kind of terrifying yes. in some ways, but that's so, what a, what a clever
1: hack. Yeah. I mean, using OCR to extract, uh, you know, names and hours and in multiple languages, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Merlin, I know that you have some ideas for audio, Oh, brother, if i got ideas for audio. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, as you guys know, um, you can't do real work on uh, an yeah, iPad. Yeah, we're past that um, point. You, need a, we're,
1: we're all, you okay. need a computer. Yes, okay. Yeah,
2: I agree. Right? You need a computer if you're going to do... Well, you know, in addition to doing real work on the <laughs> iPad, part of that real work, in a lot of ways, I mean, this sounds silly. It may may sound like a little bit of a fancy lad, but uh, I I do a lot with consuming media on my iPad (laughs) while I'm doing other things. So that could be that I'm listening. A lot of times I've got to listen to a podcast to put together show notes and titles. And that's you know a big part of what I do that is not on the screen, as they say, is behind the scenes stuff, doing show notes. I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, But even if it's purely for entertainment purposes, I am I'm very frustrated with the way that audio, in particular. I mean, video is probably too much to get into. Yes, I do wish Hulu would do picture-in-picture. Picture. I wish there was some way to almost brute force audio, is, is what I want to say. If I'm listening to something, if I'm listening to something in Overcast, and I'm making notes, um, and then I have the I have the stupidity to open Twitter. Mm -hmm. And look at moments or to go anywhere where there's autoplay uh, video. it, Mm. It stops the audio stream that I'm listening to. It takes things over. And then now that thing doesn't exist anymore. So, so, you know, if you follow me here, I'm listening to overcast, it's running in the background, everything's copacetic. I accidentally go to a website with a bunch of nonsense autoplay videos. <laughs> Not only does it stop the audio that I'm listening to, it forgets that it was ever listening to it. Yeah. So if I bring up control, control, what's it called? Control center. Panel? center? Called? Yeah. Control center. <laughs> Listen to me control <laughs> panel. When I slide <laughs> that up, guess what's there? It Just says music because all it knows about at this point is music it's forgotten everything. So what i'm looking for here is i guess the the, the i guess somewhat o- uh, obvious one is to allow more than one stream of audio to be happening at a time. But however the solution ends up being i would like it to give primacy to my audio of intent, i will call it, which is if i if i am listening to something uh, in the background, i don't want it to be i don't I may not want it to be paused if a notification comes up. If I'm like last night I was listening to the live feed of ATP and which is done through a website. So if anything happens and anything pops up, I have to go back to Safari and again more clicky draggy. Mm. So, my solutions are uh, I mean, I'm open to solutions. Obviously, some way of having some way of iOS knowing what your I'm going to call it audio of intent is. This is the thing I mean to be listening to right now. Don't forget about this and don't interrupt it unless it's something very important. If it is an interruption, Give me the opportunity to say, no, don't play that little ding-dong sound if it's going to stop my audio. Maybe it ducks out the new audio. I don't know what it does, but maybe there's a pop-up that says, do you want to switch to this audio stream, etc. But I, I just think that we're at a point now, this thing's been around long enough, this platform has been around long enough... That there's got to be more flexibility mm. with how audio works and if you're not going to allow more than one stream to happen at a time you've got to give me some control so that I quit losing the thread on stuff that I actually mean to be doing yeah
1: the 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 way that iOS deals with audio i guess it's the equivalent of you're watching the TV and you know someone walks in and wants to talk to you and instead of just you know, listening to that person, uh, that person sort of rips the TV off the wall. And it's like, now you listen to me and you cannot watch the TV anymore. And then you stop talking to the person and the TV is gone. This is basically the way that
0: Apple sees right. audio streams. It doesn't make any sense. But it, it sometimes works. And I think my biggest problem with audio and iOS is that I I just don't have a mental model of how it's supposed to work. I, and therefore, I can't manipulate it in the way that I want. Because sometimes you know I, I play mini Metro where I listen to a podcast in bed at night, right That's my number one bedtime use of the iOS device. And the mini Metro soundtrack plays in the background of the podcast. And how does that work when I have no yeah, idea.
2: I think Threes does that too.
0: I have no idea how some
2: get away with that. But but it's I mean this is not so different um, not to be all Merlin man but this is not so different than how I feel about my inbox or how I feel about my phone and gosh I put that on the list I'd love to see more brute force ways to stop phone spam that's still not a fixed problem but in all of these cases it basically it's it's to me it's attention management in a lot of ways which sounds snooty, but like I, I want to get to choose what it is that I'm doing with this thing right now. And even if it's an important notification, I don't want it to stop what I'm doing. And if it is something that's happening a lot, that's getting in the way of what I'm trying to do, I feel like I should have an affordance for making that stop. So that's my thing on audio. It drives me crazy. And, and oh, here's one. Here's one. Like, I know this is nuts, but, you know, and I know we don't have 3D Touch on the iPad, and I know this is an iPad show. But, for example, I would love something where I bring up Control Center and I do a long press on the audio dingus. And maybe it remembers, let's say, the last five sources of audio, like the last five applications that were playing audio and what that audio was. Similarly to how I can choose whether I want my Plantronics headphones or I want my AirPods or I want the iPad speaker, I'd love a little pop-up, an unobtrusive pop-up that I maybe most people would never need, but have a way to say no, jump back to ATP and stream that from the site now with me, without me having to go change. I, I
0: love stuff like that. You you would think that there was a way to do that, and you've got the user activity API that lets you lets apps say, well, the user was doing this thing at this time. Yeah, that applied to audio you know maybe harder with live audio streaming over the internet i'm not sure but certainly for for anything you know music podcast things that you've got there you can just restart streams i think that's uh that's something that would be very welcome yeah
1: so why don't we share a bunch of random wishes and ideas that we have sort of like a grab bag of you know syracuse style of everything else <laughs> that we that we would like to share. And I, and I want to go first, because there's one that I, I really don't understand why it's still not a thing on iOS. And it sounds so simple, and it's group FaceTime. I You know, everybody else <laughs> has group calls, video calls, and FaceTime is still, you know, one person at a time deal. And especially for video, I mean, it would it'd be terrific to have, like, you know, get your parents together on FaceTime or, you know, a bunch of friends planning a dinner, whatever. It just doesn't make any sense to me that there's Mm -hmm. no group FaceTime.
2: I I agree. Maybe they don't have the Pied Piper... Uh, algorithms, Let's the, the compression,
1: <laughs> but <laughs>
2: they got to get the algorithm <laughs> right. I, I agree with you. Um, I, I mean, I don't know how difficult that would be to do in practice, but there's so many things where, I mean, you can just look at how a bunch of other places and apps are doing it, and the clear clamor that people have for certain kinds of functionalities, and sometimes you just got to scratch your head because I, I agree. I think you know maybe even limit it if it's a technical issue, maybe up to four yeah. people at a time. But if you're all on Wi-Fi, like why would that be a problem? Why why doesn't that exist?
0: Cool. I'm going to drop out three or four just really quick things. I, I Maybe oh. they don't need discussion, but feel free to dive on them if you think there's something to say about them. But here's three things. Um, one, Siri kit, right? New domains mm-hmm. for Siri. In particular, two that I think we all would love, uh, task management through Siri and yes. podcast control through Siri. I think yeah. um, that's probably just a plus one on that from both of you guys. right?
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: What do you have? Out of curiosity, you guys have AirPods, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. do you use the the double tap for siri or do you use it for play
1: i use it for siri yeah okay and i look like a crazy person in italy tapping my ears and and talking in english because i have siri in english so yeah imagine that the the international symbol for don't talk to me i'm doing something (laughs) what
0: about you fraser do you do you do siri on yours um, I, I do, but perhaps just because I've been too lazy to change the setting yet, yeah, I, I have them set that way. But about uh, the only thing I ever do, and this goes back to your last point, Merlin, is I double tap when I say play because it's forgotten to start playing the thing that I, <laughs> I was listening to a minute ago.
2: I tried, um, I tried so hard, but it was just long enough of a pause that even I, the voice guy, could not handle it. It was just, it's, it's, it's really Siri at. Mm, this is unkind it is kind of Siri at its worst it's modern contemporary Siri at its worst because it's something where once you've gotten used to the lady in a tube and you go Mm. you go tap tap and then you wait and then there's the beep and then there's the delay and it's like it's it's so it's so rough
1: yeah yeah i know and i know i get it but it's also kind of convenient because you know turning off the lights and stuff from your ear, it's yeah.
2: Both.
0: I don't have any of that home kit stuff yet. Oh uh,
2: yeah, I would love. To, I can't wait to see more with Siri. And and I mean, just to, to jump on real quick here. Obviously, we might see a lady in the tube at WWC. Mm. Who knows? But you know, I mean, now Siri is good enough that it's. I don't know if it's ready for prime time, but it's definitely ready for afternoon TV. Like, let's let's really start really making this work, guys. And so I I I'm given to believe there are there was a quiet. They quietly slipped in. An Amazon-like functionality where it can it doesn't fire off on all of your devices if they're in proximity. Is that is that
1: officially true? Yeah, it is true. It's uh, what do they call it? The I don't know. It has a fancy, techie name, but it's true. Uh, well, it doesn't work. No, because my
2: <laughs> my watch still my watch still 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 never hears me. And by the time I've said it quietly three times to my watch, two or three other iPads across the kitchen are are hearing. Oh, you're talking. Hearing you're me. talking
1: about Siri, not the the Amazon lady.
2: Oh, the Amazon Lady in the Tube. I'm sorry. No, I know that's that works, and I I know it is. Cra- it's not. It doesn't always get the one that I want, but it always does get one. Yeah, and only yeah. one. Um, no, that's all. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah, so, so Lady in the Tube that works great. It's just that with with the Apple stuff. Oh no, I, if there's it never works. I wish we could wait. <laughs> well, I wish we could. I know this would be clunky, but you know how like used to be like. For example, I think of the Jambox Bluetooth speaker. It used to be back in the day when people would hook things up to their computer to configure things, there was a way to have a cascade of preferred Mm -hmm. devices. Like always let – if this device comes on, let that device win. And then there's a cascade after that. I kind of wish – maybe what I really want is for Siri to get better and better. But I always want it to be my watch, and it's never my watch. <laughs> it never hears me, and I try. I talk right into it, like like I'm in a 40s, you know, movie serial. Like, please, Siri, hear me, because I really, I really want to be using this so much more. And uh, yeah, I mean, certainly these the Siri kit changes would be great, but also just like saying, like as John Syracuse says, put some wood behind the arrow with Siri. Like, let's really put this thing to work.
0: You, you got it more, Fraser? Okay, I get. I get... I get two more things and then mm. I'm done and you guys can have the floor. Um, <laughs> one, one is see calendar, right? And how many taps it takes to make an event in the calendar wow. app is killing me. And it's has been killing worst. me since like the first version of iOS. Um, you know, I, I keep telling the story about the original Palm Pilot, how they had a guy whose job it was to count how many taps it took to do something, the tap counter. And... They would just go around and go, if it takes more than three or four taps to do something, you've got to make it more efficient. You think about how many taps it takes to go tap in this field, type some stuff, tap this to expand the date picker, tap this to expand the other it's date like, picker. It's like a, it's, it's like an always, online always form. form.
2: It, it's like you're refinancing <laughs> your house every time you want to remember <laughs> to pick your kid up. It's like it shouldn't take five or six clicks. It's gotten yeah. somewhat smarter We're now, at least on for me in iOS, it is guessing correctly a lot of times from based on previous events, which is great. Fantastic, Al. Yeah, again, that is great helpful, for this. Yeah. But no, I, I, I hear you. And that, that is exactly the kind of thing that discourages people from using their calendar and using it well, is when you get that resistance and all the clicky mick, click click stuff. I think that's very off-putting. I, I, un, I would just like to say I co-sign this, Fraser.
0: Okay. And here's my last one, and then I'm done. And this is inspired by the fact that I'm speaking to you from uh, away from home. I'm in the U.S. right now. Um, Apple should offer a general-purpose VPN service for whenever an iOS device is off of trusted Wi-Fi or a cellular network. Now, I don't know if this can even be done at scale, but if I could sign up for like a month's worth, I mean, TunnelBear does this, Cloak does this, but how do I know to trust TunnelBear? How do I know to trust Cloak? I don't, right? But who do I trust? Apple, right? So, you know, it can be integrated, it can be fully built in, it goes through your iCloud account, all that good stuff. But when I'm sitting in Starbucks or I'm sitting on the university network like I am right now, I want that just to come up and I want that problem to be completely solved. And I don't want to have to deal with waiting for the VPN to connect and all this stuff. I want. I think Apple should think about some kind of privacy guard feature for iOS devices. And it doesn't. I'm not even saying it has to be a free service, but it could be a subscription service. It could be a in-app purchase type service, something like that. But I think that's something that Apple might want to think about given their commitment to privacy, given the current context of privacy threats, uh, I think that would be something that Apple could really um, do a good job with.
2: I never would have thought that in in a million years, but it's such a perfect fit. As you say, especially right now. That's a really good book.
1: So I have a few of these little things. Um, Most of them are silly announcements. I like when I open the share sheet and there's one password and I always use it and it's the first extension that I keep in there, <laughs> just let me mark it as a favorite and let me drag it to the Safari toolbar or something. Just give me quick access to the extensions that I use all the time, which would be my task manager and one password. And I don't need you know to have like Safari filled with 50 different icons. I just need those two. So I would love to have a way to say, well you know, I'm dragging this extension there and keep it there and, you know, let me use it quickly instead of going through the share sheet and, you know, tapping share and open this and open that. Just quick access to stuff that I use the most. Um, I would love to have um, the, you know, the notes, the Apple Notes interface on the on the big iPad Pro. Uh, it's got these three panels, like these three columns uh, that you could keep keep visible uh, at all times. And I think no um, Apple Mail now does the same. And I believe it's a private API in, in iOS 10. And of course, I would love Apple to, to open this up to developers and give them an easy way to say, well, on the big iPad Pro, now you can show three columns Uh, like two sidebars and the main content on the right. And it's easy to do. So instead of having developers do the custom work, there will be like an API from Apple and that's it. You know, if you have the big Apple Pro, you can take advantage of the screen and you get these two sidebars, which is, you know, saves a lot of time. Um, I saw an idea on Twitter a few days ago from Matthew Bischoff. um, And it's a great little uh, improvement, which is, it suggested there's an open radar link. Um, Anytime you take a screenshot to to attach a little string of metadata to the to the screenshot of the app that you took the screenshot in so you would attach the name or the developer id something about the frontmost app that you took a screenshot of and if you're using split view just put in the information for two different apps and maybe there could be a way to create smart albums in the photos app for like screenshots of twitter so to make fun of you know tweets from certain people these days certain politicians that you take screenshots of for posterity uh there could be a nice way to organize screenshots by app i think that could be that could be a nice improvement um
0: and, and you could also use that to stop people asking you on twitter which app that is you know, <laughs> yes, a, a, a good a good Twitter application could extract that information and just put a link to the app right in the tweet, uh, so that you could uh, you could go on with your life.
1: Every time, every time you share <laughs> a screenshot of any app. I thought you liked editorial. Yeah. <laughs> every
2: I do like editorial, t- but look at the every, letters. Look at the letters that make the words. That's what I'm sharing with every you. Single I don't want to time, talk about my app.
1: Every single time you take it. I don't not use notes anymore? <laughs> <laughs> every single time I take a screenshot, it, become le- it becomes less about the message and more about my life choices of... So,
2: so, I hate it. This is why
1: I don't put photos on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody ever looks at
2: anything... <laughs> That you want them to look at, and like a John Syracuse commenting on, on how I made my bed. It's
1: like no, <laughs> look at my daughter, not the
2: bed. And, and even and ah, why would you want to do prices? it like that?
1: <laughs> even when you, even when you, when you do when you do it on purpose. So I want to show people that now I'm using I don't know this new email client, and sometimes email uh, apps or a- other apps in general, they have their name somewhere in the title bar or the toolbar so there's like a logo or something and every single time i say okay well people are going to figure this out what what the app is <laughs> 20 seconds later there's someone what's the app you're such an optimist <laughs> what's the name of the app and i get like to
2: makes me it makes me want a bot that automatically responds to any <laughs> screenshot with i thought you loved
1: omnifocus <laughs> <laughs> that is that is basically <laughs> what happens and yeah. and i feel bad because then maybe you know there's people who <laughs> there's people who tag the other app with the username and so then you get you got to sort of like apologize to the if develop- you have any questions <laughs> let us know no,
0: no
2: take me out of this thread this delete the internet this delete wasn't delete the purpose
1: of this screenshot
2: <laughs> mute mute mute
1: yeah oh god uh, so metadata meta please <laughs> help me with my with my sharing <laughs> on twitter um, federico when did you start using metadata in your screenshots <laughs> ah! It's such a <laughs> tiny problem, but I just I, I wanted to bring it up because, you know. Uh, and the last one, I guess, uh, I and this is a, something that Apple does. Uh, I mean, it, it lets developers do this. They don't do it in the voice memos. I would love to have transcripts of stuff that I record in voice memos. Uh, developers can mm. do it. There's an app called Just Press Record that does it really well. Um,
2: that app is magic. Yeah. I cannot believe how well that thing. When I mutter my dreams into it in the morning, I can't believe it works at
1: Yeah, all. and you know, there's a it's, it's an API, and it actually uses the Apple uh, Cloud service for this. So, like, I don't get it that you have a voice memos app and you have this API. You also own, you know, the thing with iCloud. Just put a transcript feature in there, and I mean, I I would use it so much more, you know. And instead, I gotta I gotta go use a third party app because they do the, tr- the transcription, which is magic. You can share it via text or something. And I would love to have that in the, in the Apple solution.
0: Yeah. These are good. I, I tried to use Just Press Record recently to produce a transcript of a podcast episode. Uh, it was a little too much audio for it. Mm. That's <laughs> ambitious. Kind of keeled over and died after a little while, but well, I think that would have been the cloud's fault.
1: Yeah. Uh, Merlin, what else do you have for us? Well,
2: I know, we're, I know we're running short on time, so I will limit this to two and only two. The, the two single most critical things that must be added to iOS. Uh, number one, I, I sometimes wonder if I'm the only person in the world who wonders why this doesn't exist. I want every calendar program. But let's just say for now, Apple's iOS calendar program. Let me have the ability to have alerts after an event. Let me put this differently. Let me have the ability to make alerts based on when events end. So I would like right now you can say I want to receive these kinds of sorts of alerts at these times before an event begins. I would also like to be able to key on when an event ends. So, for example, if my daughter's on a play date, I'd like a reminder 30 minutes before the play date ends to go pick her up. Also, if I have a if I have a podcast, I'm recording. There's always stuff to do after a podcast. This magic doesn't happen by itself. I would always like a reminder five minutes after that time is done. What well, that right? So maybe upload the file. It just once you really start thinking so, yeah. about it.
1: There's so many uses. It sounds so obvious to me now, and I actually never thought about it. Yeah, it makes total sense.
0: Yeah, 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 I, yeah. I could totally use that for classes as well. You know, I have a calendar event for every class that I'm going to teach. An alert 10 minutes before the end would be awesome because then I would not overrun like I always do.
2: <laughs> Join the club. And then finally, you guys, the single most important thing that has got to change where Apple is doomed. They have got to get proper support for animated <laughs> yes. gifts. This yes. is an affliction. Yes. I, I'm using GIF wrapped like an animal because that's the only place. And actually, GIF wrapped is pretty cool. Do you guys use GIF wrapped? Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. I think I might have
2: heard about it from you, Federico.
1: Yeah, I think so because jelly is, is awesome. So, yeah. It's so, but I first
2: discovered it. I probably via your newsletter. I am a member. Oh, thank you. Uh, I first discovered it. I, I want to say as like, okay, it's the iOS app. You go in, you can do a a a giphy or jiffy style search. You can add things to a library. I think you can even get a keyboard for it. So you can go in and have all ready to deploy all of your favorite animated gifs. But the other great part, it just uses Dropbox. So if you go to slash apps slash gift wrapped, you can drop any ones from your Mac. If you're one of those animals that uses a Mac, you can put all your stuff in there. But yesterday, all I wanted, you guys, all I wanted in life was to see the first lady slapping the president's hand away over and over. It's all I wanted. <laughs> it seems so simple. There's no, I, I'm, I'm in the Twitter app trying to save it. I finally go to the web to try and save it. And I just keep, keep getting the same blue, like one frame, you know, screenshot of it. Tim, get your priorities in order. Get us proper animated GIFs in
1: iOS. Oh, there, Seriously. There
0: you go. Especially, okay. it, like, the Photos app doesn't play them, you know. Not at all. Some, you can't. Some places some, do, some not right? This is where it's weird, you know?
2: It makes it. If you go, if you do this, if you basically go and say save, if you say save, you usually get that little pop-up where you can either save or copy. If you, in, all, this is not even always consistent, but most of the time, if you save, it, you get one frame in Photos. And if you copy, it makes it into like clipboard.jpg. And (laughs) it's like, no, no. let's, you know, can we, it's, it's such a fractious time for the world. Can't we just bring the world together by letting us all have easy access to animated GIFs in there and then, and then put them in their own album. Duh. I mean, end of story. Boom. Sell it, print it. I mean, retire. If
0: if Tim wants to support the resistance, gifts are the number one way that that's happening right now. So he's got to give. <laughs> how, t- how,
2: how can I How can I do trade. my virtue signaling if I don't have anime <laughs> gifts?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, we we all agree on better on better gift support. Definitely,
2: yeah. That's it for me. Awesome,
0: guys. Will we wrap it up there? I think we've given the team in Cupertino a good. Well, they've got, what, two weeks to get all that finished before WWC comes out, so guys, if you're listening, get on it. Uh, We appreciate your help, Um, but we're going to be ticking off all of these, and if not, we're coming back in three weeks to complain about the fact that they weren't there in two weeks' time. Is that okay? Have me back, have me
2: back so we we can make sure we hold our feet to the fire on this.
0: Oh yes, yes, accountability and everything. So, this has been Canvas 36, our wishes for iOS 11, with our special guest, Merlin Mann. Merlin, thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it.
2: Thank you so much. It's, I'm, uh, I listen to every episode. I hope you guys have a wonderful WWDC this
0: year. Okay. Uh, and you can connect with the show on Twitter. Uh, Merlin is Hot Dogs Ladies on Twitter. I am Freezer Spears. Federico is Vitici. And the show is underscore Canvas FM. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back with you in a couple of weeks' time.